I'm a real human being and a real zero. <laughs> well, folks, if you didn't know it already, I'm watching the Nicholas Winding Renton movies of the week of January 30th. And this is Galani and Chill with your man Galani. I am joined with Steve O'Teary. Yo. John Suarez. You understand? Devin Kopeck. Ka-chow. And we're here talking about the man, the myth, the legend, the Renfin himself. Star, star of Death Stranding. Star of Death Stranding. Nicholas Winding. Donnie Hardman himself. <laughs> I'm assuming Chris plays that name? as well. That is his yeah. name. Uh, Die Hard or no, Man. No, no, is it or is it Die Hard Man or like Love Hurts Man or I don't, I don't Dude, know. You 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 would know that, Steve. Not it's me. Doritos and Monster. I'm, I'm looking at no, no, Die Hard Man's the other one. Because um, in in Death Stranding, he shows up holding a bag of Doritos oh, and Heart a Monster Man. can, right? Heart Man. Yeah, yeah. He has like a heart attack every like minute or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that's why kidding. that's why Mega Man refuses to fight. Him. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want that power. You don't want that power. <laughs> I don't want that power. <laughs> uh, wait who is del toro in that what was his his character uh, uh um, well there's a fat man so fat man well no because from the metal gear solid 2 he's on ice skates guys yeah, like, we're not talking about skates. video games we're talking about video movies okay <laughs> come on <laughs> that's weird. i know oh, he's he's dead man sorry dead man well, um, folks, I, I we're gonna we're gonna probably save the Renfin talk till towards the end of the podcast. But right now, I want to know what y'all watch this week. A regular what? Renfin Renfair. Renfin Renfair. Uh, but yeah, what 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 did you guys uh, what did you guys watch this week? Anything? In- Let me go first. Let me go first because yeah, I, I did a lot. I did a lot. I watched uh, Tick Tick Boom. Oh, that's right. Ooh. Which was the Lin Manuel Miranda's first his direct directorial debut. It's a ad- film adaptation of a musical, like autobiographical, autobiographical musical by Jonathan Larson, who is the guy who did Rent, who created Rent. Now this has nothing to do with the song, right? No, it's actually I didn't. We didn't get any Rent in it. No, I'm talking about the Tick Tick Boom song. Oh. No, no, tick, tick, boom. No, nah, I don't think it. That's just checking, just checking. I would give the movie a fuck. It was good. Okay. But I think Andrew Garfield is a Mary. Like, he was absolutely incredible in this movie. And I think it's he's, like, getting Oscar buzz about of getting best actor. John, he's getting Oscar buzz on three separate movies that came out this year. Not Spider-Man. Don't tell me Spider-Man. Not Spider-Man. He did oh. a movie uh, by a Coppola, Gia Coppola, in which he plays a YouTube star that is slowly going insane a la Network, uh, which I heard is silly to the point of unrealistic when it comes to YouTube. Wait, he was the starring role in that? He was, yeah. He is. Wow. It just came out. Maybe and, I'll watch. Dude, is this the is this the comeback? Is he comeback kid of the year? He's been Andrew Garfield? He's this year, man. A lot. He was in that cool. other one with Jessica Chastain, too. Yeah. What was that movie called? Uh, the, the Life and Times of Tammy Faye. Yes. That was, that was like the, the first reality show, right? I was the first. TV. Well, the, the big evangelist show because they were religious evangelists. Dude. Jim I'm Baker sure that was a... and Tammy Faye Baker. And then like this movie, he was like. This was the first time he's ever sang in a thing before. Yeah. He took singing lessons, and he was, dude, he was fucking, I don't know, man, stunning. And now he was dry 
dead gorgeous. Jonathan Lar- movie. His Larson work. died. After, after yeah, he died like a like a like a couple days before the first uh the first show of Rent in on Broadway. That's terrible. Which is insane. And this um like the the whole thing the whole movie is him doing workshops and showing his this musical that he wrote to um about it's called Superbia, which is like a loose adaptation of 1984. And it was like a rock opera. Like he, it was like one of the first. Like his plan was to make the musical with a rock band, I guess. Which he ended up doing with Ren, I think. Oh my god! Which was he, kind of a big deal. He died of an aortic dissection. Yeah, where his aorta an aneurysm separated from his heart and bled into his chest. Dude, it's like it's out of nowhere too. Oh god! It's yeah, but I mean, they don't Why really. Like, they don't really go into that. This is because, like, the whole because this is an adaptation sure, of sure, sure. of his his musical that he was performing himself. Him and like his uh his 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 people were were performing this musical like in between. I think before Rent, before Rent came out, he was thirty when, when he got successful. No, that was that's the whole thing. Before he turned, was he was turning thirty, and he didn't he wasn't successful yet. Like he didn't hit big yet. Mm-hmm. So that was like, like Stephen, Son- like his whole thing was like Stephen Sondheim. Sondheim made his first, his first big break before he was thirty. So he was like using him as like a, as an example or whatever. But yeah, it was like it was really good. Andrew Garfield, like you should, I think it's worth it to watch it just to see Andrew Garfield fucking destroy it. Like he kills it in this. And um, so that. I watched the woman in the house across the street from the girl in the window. I think that's the name. Is this a satire? This is a satire, I feel feel like the the title is a satire. I feel like it is kind of because it's really silly and weird. Um, I don't know. Devin, you, I don't think Chris is going to like this, but Devin, you might get a kick out of it just because of the Veronica Mars stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Kristen Bell plays this. um, It's actually kind of tragic. Her daughter died from, a crazy incident three years prior to when this show starts and her husband had just left her or they just divorced or whatever. Hilarious. So she's kind of like an alcoholic. Like she's just, she likes to sit in her chair in her living room and just like watch the neighbors and stuff. And she watches, she sees like a murder happen yeah. like in front of her eyes, but she's also like on like crazy pills, like, like psychotic pills and stuff. So a lot of this, and she's still dealing with trauma from when her daughter died. Like she's afraid of the rain, which is a weird thing. Hmm, like she collapses and passes out if she gets caught in the rain because of the of how her daughter died three years ago. Um, but um, so yeah, there like there's there's that, and but it's like weird and silly. So I don't know. Uh but you might like it, Devin, because you're a Veronica Mars head, like I, I am. I mean, I I do enjoy Kristen Bell and there, mostly everything. There's a there's a steamy sex scene in it, so with Ooh. Dak Shepard, I hope. Yeah, no, it was with Dak Shepard. <laughs> Show me Dak. But uh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah. like eight episodes. They're like 20, 25 minutes long. So we we were able to binge all of it while it was snowing yesterday. Cool. So there's that, and then I watched Don't Look Up, which was pretty good. Yeah, that wasn't bad. It was okay. John, it wasn't as good you, as the Big Short. Let me ask in my you this opinion. question. I caught like the last five minutes of that movie what i it was on and i was like oh you watch? I know, kind of I know. so so basically i don't need to watch the movie right well no you should you I, should I would watch it for jonah hill's performance jonah hill's incredible <laughs> in the movie. Movie? 
He's yeah. so good. He carries around like, a purse, like in this giant purse that he has. He's the his mom is the his mom is uh Meryl Streep, and she's the president, and she's the president of the United States, and she, he's her son, and who's he also the chief her. of staff. He like idolizes her too. Like, it's, <laughs> it's pretty good. Did you watch it, Steve? No. It's on Netflix. There was a recurring was joke in it, John, that I really liked with the general and the snacks. Oh, the snacks because he charged them for <laughs> he money. Charges them for snacks in the White House, and they're like, they were good. They were free. <laughs> Why did he charge us? Fucking. I mean, the the thing is, I think um, Leonardo DiCaprio was good in it, but he wasn't great. Yeah, he wasn't that good. I, I and the thing is, I when he's in a movie now, I expect greatness. Like, I like he's like LeBron heart. James. He's like LeBron James to me. Uh, I'm uh, expecting to be. To be knocked off my feet mm. by Leonardo DiCaprio, and he didn't really do it. I kind of like he was good Jennifer in it, though. Lawrence more in it. Jennifer Lawrence was, yeah, she killed it She's in this good. one. In that movie. Yeah, but it was good. It wasn't and as good Kate, as the big oh, short. Kate Blanchett is fucking great. Man. Kate Blanchett is fucking good. She is hot, oh, man. Holy Sam was telling me she was reading an article where Meryl, they, were, they kept calling Meryl Streep the goat on, on set. 14 nominations. So she she didn't know what it meant, so she just thought everyone was calling her an old goat or something. So oh, she, that's yeah, cute. isn't that sad? Well, I mean, man, do you hear? I saw I came across there was some like tweet that went viral, and somebody basically took a screenshot of uh, what, what's that site called where you like rate movies? Letterbox. Letterbox. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody just like rated uh, a movie like one of the high school musical movies or something like that with Zac Efron and they're like hey I just wanted to tell this story about how I was like I was on like she worked on the movie she was like young 20 something year old uh, and like every day before the set like producers and like his team would be like do not talk to Zac Efron or you will be fired. On this oh, my God. What? Really? So, so like everybody avoided him like the plague because they didn't want to lose their job. And and like and she's telling the story. And then he's like, yeah, it's one year. It's like his uh, it's like New Year's or something like that. New Year's is coming up. He's like, Hey, guys, happy New Year's. And he just goes up to like the craft table where all the young people are. And he says and everybody's like, uh, OK, bye. And then they just leave him. And they like and she was like, he looked so upset and confused. And then just turned around to like these old men that just came over, and were like, "Oh, Zach, lives, you know," and he's talking business and his managers and things like that. Wait, wait, like, was he? Did he didn't give that 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 order? It was the director. No, no, it was like his his like agent. agent? Sounds like handlers. Like that. Wow, handlers. So they were like, "Sorry, Zach, you seem like a pretty good guy. Three out of five stars. Uh, you know." Didn't mean to like act like an asshole in front of you. Just uh, you, you have a shitty. Age. I I heard <laughs> while working on set on a film that Gerard Butler needed to hire somebody just to look after his phone because he lost five of them. What like his <laughs> cell phone? God. Yeah, his fucking cell phone. I wonder if he had some crazy incriminating, uh, not incriminating, but some shady stuff on there. Well, five of them are out there somewhere. Well, he's got so many burners. <laughs> I can't imagine. So, poor Zac Efron. Okay. Agents wouldn't Sorry, let him Sorry, talk to any young people. I've I've got a big thing I've been doing. So I I, I was a little I was a little uh, overwhelmed this week, but this is the thing I've been doing this week. I've been cutting out the fat gang. Oh shit! I got rid of two subscription services. Ooh, which ones? Ooh. All right. So this is just based on what I've been watching. I got rid of Hulu. Hmm. <gasps> 
And I also got rid of Disney Plus. Oh, <gasps> Steve, welcome to the club of Disney oh, Minus. You're not well, you guys don't have a baby, yeah. so <laughs> I have to stick with Disney Plus. No, 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 I, I, I understand that. That I guess. I'm yeah, stuck. I, I get but like, it. I get here's that. the thing. It's just like I don't have the. I don't know. Like Book of Boba doesn't do anything for me right now. Like, Same oh here, God. dude. So Boba three sixteen, Steve. I, I Boba three sixteen. I have a legitimate question though. Yeah. What What is the plan for when shows that you are interested pop back up? Are you gonna subscribe? I might resubscribe. Like if Mando season three comes yeah, back. Yeah, like when Mando season yeah. three comes. Yeah, I'll subscribe back. for when that runs. <laughs> but like that's the thing. Like <laughs> yeah. the 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 service has been halted. Yeah, the, no, that's the, that's the that's the first that's the first pump of the break. Watch out, Disney. Watch out. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm right there with you, Steve. I uh, I'm looking on down the line for Disney Plus too, and there's really nothing that I'm too interested. in. Nothing new that they're yeah, making that like, I'm too interested in. The Marvel shows have all been a little too squeaky clean, to be honest. They are. They're a little 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 subdued, a little neutered in a way. Like, yeah, I don't. I'm not a big fan either. HBO Max, you know, they're fucking banging it out with the fucking DC, like the, the fucking shitty universe. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Meanwhile, Marvel's like, wait, are we oh. back on DC's dick now? No, no, no. Well, okay. <laughs> DC, DC shows. Like, don't be crazy. DC shows. Uh, I mean, more like James Gunn. Just James Gunn, Gunn, Peacemaker. All right. Peacemaker, Doom Patrol and the Harley Quinn show. Yeah. All right. Well, this it's is a good like question. Years since Harley Quinn. If if the Batman is great, what, what, I mean, are we on the DC train? Is that wait real quick? No, no. You know why, Chris? Because that's easy. Batman's yeah. easy. Yeah. You, that's a good yeah. point. That's a good. All point. right. That's a good point. That is Batman's it? easy, and the reason the the or not the reason, but a a big reason why Zack Snyder's Justice League didn't take off is because that Batman was not good. Yeah. I don't know. Not good. No. Not I mean, good. Not, Superman wasn't good. Is there I mean, like Wonder a Woman combo streak where it's like the switch can be made? Like three movies that are good and it's like, oh, all right, you're allowed to be a fan again. Because it's like, all right, let's think of it this way. Um, we'll say that the stopgap was Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> and then we got Stopgap as in the like, Suicide Squad. That made a bunch of idiots happy so that they're, they're yeah. not a part of the universe anymore. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm saying that's gonna be the break. The break. So okay, it's like okay. the Suicide Squad. And then if the Batman is good, and then we would need one more. Well, I mean, here's the thing, though. It's not like like they're not even connected. Like, I'm down for a good Batman movie, regardless of what universe or connection. Like, oh, yeah. No, I know they're not yeah. connected, but like, that's the thing. Like, the DC dick has been hopped Batman. off of for the past, I'd say, decade. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It would be nice <laughs> to get back on that dick. Mm -hmm. I'd say I'd say before <laughs> before weird, Wonder weird. Woman 1984 came out, I was like, oh, you know what? Oh, <laughs> DC like, dick's looking Prey, good. Prey wasn't like like that's the thing, right? It's like it's not the worst. So like we kind of like Birds of Prey got like way too much praise Ugh, for being like passable, right? It was passable. It was. I think that's like, the thing. We were in horrible. such a fucking low thing where it's like. I mean, I will say there was like uh, a drunk, a drunk fling period with DC where it's like, Fuck it, I don't know. They were looking good when I had the beer goggles on. I mean, I, I won't lie. Like, I, I, I really love um, um, 
Ewan McGregor in Birds of Prey. I actually think he's amazing. Yeah, he it. was good at that, actually. But, I mean, he, yeah, yeah, the rest was, of that movie was like, whatever. That was I thought that movie was good. Wasn't that movie, like, really okay. good? Weren't people well, saying it was really thing. good? It's, what, yeah, like, it's whatever. Like, off of, like, Justice League, you know what I mean? I don't <laughs> think it's, I think it's below Shazam. Yeah, <gasps> I agree. Yeah, Shazam yeah. was good. I like Shazam. Shazam. I like Shazam. Birds of Prey isn't horrible. What's that sequel Prey? coming out? Uh, they filmed it like yeah. it's it's probably this year i think and that dude's got to fight the rock <laughs> at some point <laughs> oh god shazam's 2023 what the fuck june 2 there's no way he's gonna dude the rock would break are we gonna get two are you kidding movies me before another marvel captain marvel movie probably so, that is um, possible black adam no dude we're not getting dune until like november 23 yeah, no, I thought it was next year. No, they're shooting next year. That's right. Yeah. If they okay. made a Shazam versus Black Adam movie, I, mean, I think the, the movie poster should say The Rock versus The Chuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Chuck Rock right there, man. Jesus, <laughs> Chuck Rock. All right, but you know what? Netflix, you better fucking watch out, bud. No, I was going to, mm-hmm. you know what? I would have guessed Netflix immediately just so because of like that. You know, I've been, been I've been flirting with it, especially since they just jacked up their prices again. Yep. Yeah, me too. But man. here's the thing about Netflix. I don't know what the fuck it is about them, but they always like fart out a fucking banger out of nowhere. Mm, Wait, well, who? Uh, Netflix. Well, they'll, they'll oh, be yeah. Like, somebody was talking about this korean netflix show that's really like good with zombies something like yeah, yeah something like that what's it called everyone is dead or something like that <laughs> and it's supposed to be real good uh i haven't heard anything about it I just, let me see I, you know yeah all of us dead, are dead all of us you. are dead also, I was a little. Honestly, was... Anything Korean these days, I'm BTF. I don't oh, know dude, about you they're, guys. They're crushing it. They are. I've been listening to. I'm, dude, I'm been listening to BTS. They got some bangers. They got some bangers. <laughs> All right, I'm good. Smooth like butter, dude. Don't who's don't your, tell who's me. Your you who's your favorite member of BTS? I don't. I don't know them by name you yet. You don't know the BTS members. I'll let you know. Who's your favorite? One that looks like an Asian woman. Yeah, Evan, who's your the, favorite? Uh, I, I really like the the one with the hair, dude. <laughs> talking, I, think, I think you're talking about J Hope. You're talking about J Hope right now or Sugar? <laughs> Steve, this oh, I want to feel justified now. Dude, Steve's no, down. Yeah, I'm a Jungkook fan, I'm baby. Steve's I'm a DTF. I'm a stan. If D, if Steve's DTF for BTS, then I'm DTF too. Yeah, DTF I, for BTS, Steve, baby. I misled you. I misled. I like the Korean one. I'm sorry. Wow! 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 Wow, that's like saying I like the white one when I when you ask somebody else, hey, John, oh, which member John, of Instinct do you like the most? Hey, oh, hey, the John, white guy. John, that's the joke. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know, I know, I know. That's what I'm saying. It's pretty funny. I'm saying it's a good joke, it's Devin. Hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> you know, whatever, Devin. Checkmate. I'm gonna checkmate, checkmate. you again. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, uh, are, Steve, do you have anything else you'd like to talk about? Because I got no. Um, that's it for right now. Yeah. Well, fellas, I watched um, well. I watched Peacemaker, of course, newest episode, which was fantastic. Yeah, I think it's the great. best of the season so far. I show. don't know if I'd say that. I really like the last one. I like uh, Vigilante going to prison. I thought that was cool. Um, I also watched The Legend of Vox Machina, which is the Critical Role cartoon that is being produced by Amazon Prime. And it was good. It was really fun. It's a good D&D show which I don't even think it ever existed or it did. 
It was bad. Oh, so it's just like free on Amazon Prime? 100% free. Yo, let's hack and go. The first three episodes are up there. I think a new episode every week, which I'm starting to really like more than binging it all at once. Um, Amazon Prime is also one of those streaming services that I won't cancel because I feel like they have so many bangers that I'm interested in. Um, and yeah, so- they're, they're such a good like assortment of stuff, plus also it's tied to Amazon. So it's, yeah. tied, it's tied to Amazon something they'll, in one day. They'll pick up like indie directors and throw their movie on their site. Even if it's like their first feature, like all that cool stuff that Netflix I mean, and Hulu should be doing. <laughs> they're one of the producers of neon demon. So. Right. Uh, which is, you know, I don't even think that movie would have got made if it wasn't. They're believers. They're believers in Renfin. They are huge Refn. believers in like art ind- independent artistic films. The so, book of Refn. <clears throat> I am all on Amazon Prime's board. And they and Legend of Vox Machina is good, man. Check it out. It's a cool fantasy DD show. And they have like the the actual spells and abilities from DD sh- shown to you. Oh, that's cool. It's really cool. You get to see a barbarian rage. So, literally. It's, so it's got the, it's got the official DD license of like Yep cool cool and they're using like all the cool cleric spells and all the really neat how does it look like how's the animation fucking great man really when when did that kickstarter start oh geez that was 2019 2020 maybe even 20 yeah 2019 i think is when it started and then they blew up and then you know covid happened and they got pushed back and i think they went to amazon first before kickstarting it and then they got laughed out the door and then kickstarted it and Amazon wanted their business, which is a really cool story. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they definitely went to other streaming services before trying to kickstart this. And which makes me a little happier about the Kickstarter, um, mm-hmm. knowing that they actually tried to get funding elsewhere and couldn't. Um, and eight, eight plus million. I forget what the actual number oh, was, but un- like unbelievable set a record for yeah. Kickstarter. Um, and it's worth it. You see the money on the screen and fucking these are all voice actors. So they all are great mm-hmm. at what they're doing. Um, Sam, they Regal, know their characters like personally. They know their fucking characters. They had what? 140 fucking games with them. Campaigns. That's, that's like actually like a really weird Sheesh. thing to think about it where it's like imagine if the voice, the vocal talent of the show created the characters. You see that on screen. That's so cool. You That's really that. fucking cool. And and listen, I've 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 watched the majority of the Vox Machina campaign. Right. They cut stuff out, and I think they start at level three ish. I would say versus okay. where they start. I think level you zero. Think, you think they're decent cuts so far? I do. I think they have. They're they're getting the main story going quickly. Um, so this is just a retelling of the actual like show they've done. They've pretty been much for years. Oh, it's cool. an adaptation. It's a short, nice, concise adaptation of what would be a like 150 episode D and D campaign. And I like it. I'm digging it. I, I think it's going to obviously take chunks of the campaign and do that like season for season. <clears throat> and I kind of know like the character beats now. You know, I know who turns on them, of course, and I know who's who and. Uh, yeah, but I still like it. I think it's really well animated and really well. Good voice acting. They got David Tennant. I here. love that guy. Fucking I fucking love that guy. Great. He's fantastic. I'm going to have to check this out. I, I didn't know anything that, that this was like completed or up on Amazon Prime. Holy shit. I kind of, yeah, I, I, I stumbled onto it. I was like lucky. 
thing. I mean, I don't think it's. I think it's like a week old. So I don't. I don't think it's been there for a while. Yeah. No. No. Definitely. So I just started seeing. I just started seeing stuff, um, like on ads, like this weekend. So. Yeah, first three episodes are up right now. Go check them out. Very good. Um, I have a little rumor that I've been hearing, which is kind of interesting. I know we weren't supposed to talk about new stuff, but I brought up David Tennant. Um, apparently Russell, you know, Russell T Davies is coming back. Yeah. That's what they say. So is David Tennant. That's the rumor. What? Whoa. They're going to bring back 10. They're bringing back 10. It might just be. Bro, is that how bad? Yo, is that how down bad they are right now? Are they down bad that bad? They are. Are they down bad that bad? Yeah, dude. They got to fucking bring back 10. I think we all know that. Sam might be. Sam might be back in. No, there's not doing be that. Back in if they bring back tenant, man. Dude, I, I, I'll be back in. I don't even care. What yeah. the fuck? They're doing this. He's good. Is this real? He's good. Is this fake news. <laughs> you blowing smoke it's, up my ass. It's a rumor. There's, there's, it's unsubstantiated. Ah, bro. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to give credit to this rumor to Chris Galani. This is. Yeah. Sources rumor. say sources named Chris Kalani said. No well, no you know, pressure. I got I got the Pinocchio one right, so let's see. That is true. You fucking pulled that out of nowhere. Like I I didn't hear anything about this, and then you were just like, boom, it's being made, coming out tomorrow. Like, what? <laughs> how'd you do that? Yeah, that was luck. But yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I I will say, um, I would love this to be true, and I will definitely watch Doctor. Ten is back, or would he just be like fourteen now or fifteen? I don't know. Like, I mean, I don't think he'd be. I mean, who knows? Bro, I just thought he was just gonna. Be what like, is the What are the fucking mechanics around a doctor returning? A doctor regenerating into an, a past version of himself. Well, what builds a lot of evidence for the rumor would be that. Russell T. Davis is talking about exceptions to regeneration in interviews. Mm. Well, well I mean, they've they've they've, yeah. they've had some liberties. They've they've made some liberties in the past, so they he says they can, do, they can do whatever they want now. A loophole, if you will. The only thing they haven't done is make make a doctor black or a person of color. <laughs> no, but you know, <laughs> I don't think that's ever going to happen. Oh, so so Russell T. Davis has to make an exception. So uh, the the TARDIS has to uh, do all these calculations in order for a doctor to, to be regenerated into a person of color. <laughs> like that's, that's just, he's he has to he has to write the, has to, the previous write doctor didn't do the math. So I'm so we're gonna bring Ken back. He's gonna program TARDIS so he can regenerate into uh, a Latino. Uh, well, I was talking to the writers, and uh, turns out the TARDIS is racist. So. The TARDIS is racist. Oh, no, so, not so we have to reprogram. Have that's to the reprogram. doctor's wife, but that's the, that's the doctor's Anti-bad. wife. Though. Well, she's racist. Yeah, she's racist. <laughs> Man, Neil Gaiman. Well, maybe if if uh, guys, my wife's not perfect. If HP right. Lovecraft <laughs> wrote Doctor Who, then maybe. I, I mean, listen, we all have flaws. Okay. <laughs> Tolkien? No, no, Tolkien um, wasn't racist. I think that's everything I watched this week. Okay, pretty I sure. Some, I got some. I watched. I watched all extended versions of Lord of the Rings yesterday. I don't know what you guys did. <laughs> I, saw, I saw an ad for the Lord of the Rings show. <laughs> so jealous. Yeah, they, uh, they, the, 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 the title reveal was like a, a week or two. The ago. Ring of Power. Yeah, but the like power I, saw, ring. I saw like a horde of like monsters running. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a parody. It's Lord of the Rings. It's uh... called. Oh man, Lord oh, S. Lex. Lord of the Rings. Rings. Everybody's remember, fat. Oh, remember when I had to um, actually pins on oh, actually? 
So, uh, so Devin, what did you watch this week, man? Oh boy, I watched uh, some weird ones. So, uh, one, I'll just mention this because uh, we kind of touched on our, already. Uh, I watched this week's episode of Book of Boba Fett. Everyone's saying, "Hey, this is the best episode of Book of Boba Fett." Is it because it's Ma- Mando's in it? It's because it's a Mando episode. Wait, uh, so it's so this episode is a standalone. It's just Mandalorian. So it's basically. Uh, is that how down area. bad they are? On so, is that how down bad? Are they down bad? Down that down? I don't, I don't think uh, they're that down bad because I don't think they're able <laughs> they to make shows that quickly. They have, make, they have to make a whole episode. Yes, but uh, it's, Did they call the episode the Standalonian. <laughs> Standalone. Oh, you! Will yeah, you, let's you, go, dirty dog. <laughs> um, let's go. No, but it's a. Uh, it's a. Uh, good episode and it feels like it you know it feels like a mando episode um and it really they have to they play the song oh yeah dude dude i I, i'm not even kidding like just watch this episode 99.9 percent of it is is mando the very last second like hey do you want to work with boba fett like that's the end of it um, was that the last episode of the ser- the show? No, 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 no. I think there's eight, ten, nine episodes. So this was episode five. I think. five <sighs> Still four more of this thing. Something like that. Um, it's like Boba Fett's like bad. It's just like a weird. It's it's been weird. It's Man, I, like, I did, oh, admittedly okay. did see some stuff out of context, but it looked really bad, Devin. Yeah. I don't know. No, it's just like they just got a Mary Elizabeth Winstead for the Ahsoka show. Ooh. Ooh. Me too. Uh, yeah. I watched uh, again, like Chris. I watched Peacemaker. I won't get into it for spoilers, but I really, really like this episode. This was your favorite uh, so far. For me personally, yes, yes, mm. uh, I really liked it. Uh, I watched um, the 2014 Robert Downey Jr. Swing at the Oscars film, The Judge. What the fuck, with Robert you... Duvall? Oh, that movie. Yeah. Why? I don't, it was on, and I was like, you know what? It's on Hulu. Fuck it. Come on, Bobby you Duvall. You got it. You got to see Not Bobby. Bad. Uh, it's actually uh, a lot better than I thought it was going to be. It's very, it's very cliche. Um, it's like, yep, he was, he was gunning for something here. Uh, and then I also watched. Uh, I watched uh, Pirates of the Caribbean: Dead Men Tell No Tales. Is that, is that the latest one? It's the latest one. Why did you watch that though? So I had watched all the original three like a year and a half ago, and then I watched on Stranger Tides, which is fucking horrible. It's dog water. It's like <laughs> far and away the worst one. And then I watched this one, and it was actually pretty like good. You know, actually I quite liked it. Um, probably better than. You know uh, the meandering third movie and things like that, but uh, Do you think the wine budget was as large on this one as it was? Uh, on the I certainly hope so. Uh, I and wine. It was just like you know, I was. It was kind of one of those things that kind of bugged me, right? Because I was like, I've seen all of them, even the really bad ones. So let me just finish it out, right? Let me just kind of knock finish the off fight, my, yeah. Finish the fight, uh, and then I watched. I burned through season one of Succession this week. And I get it. The HBO show about rich assholes. Um, the other HBO show about rich assholes. I feel like there's many. But uh, I get it. I totally get it. Uh, I'm on board. Uh, I needed a break because I, I burned through like 10 episodes in two days. Uh, but I'm a, I'm a pretty big fan. I'm probably going to pick it up uh, next week, season two. And, you know, uh, interesting characters. Uh, I think there's really good performances all around. And then I also watched uh, Encanto. Encanto? Encanto. 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 I think they're both I, right. 
Yeah, one sounds whiter than the other. Encanto. Encanto sounds white. Encanto. Encanto. I watched Encanto. Uh, Encanto because Cocoa. I started hearing buzz about the songs, and I was like, "Let's let's figure this out." And uh, there's two really really good ones. Uh, I don't think there's really bad songs, but what is the plot of this film? So the plot is there's a magical family with a magical house and a candle that is um there's like lit and that's like the source of magic and every time a family you know cousins or you know somebody in like the immediate family like you know the grand the abuela and then the uh the, the sons and daughters and then their kids uh so at some point when they turn of age there's like this magical door that opens up in the house and they when they touch the doorknob they're bequeathed with a special power. Hmm. Uh, the main character uh, is powerless. She was she received no power, and she's definitely a little upset about it. Uh, she feels some sort of way about it, for sure. And then, uh, you know, through just the power of Disney animated film storytelling, uh, the, the house starts losing its ability. Uh, you know, the, the family members start losing their powers. They're trying to figure out why it might be this, you know, our main character's fault might not be. Um, the main character is the girl without the powers. Correct. Yeah. <coughs> oh, okay. Um, Margaret. No, not Marguerite. What is her name? Uh, Mirabelle. Mirabelle. Abuela. Bruno. Felix. Lisa. Juliet. Uh, actually, uh, fun facts. Anti-fanboy favorite Diane Guerrero voices is Isabella. Ooh, yeah, yep. she's, she's the beautiful, Ooh, perfect crush. Sister. Crush. Crush. Um, no, she's Miranda. Who, she's my, Miranda. You know who my crush was in this movie? It was the is the sister that uh, it was the cousin that could hear really well. Hmm. I was like, if somebody. I were, if I were to bang a cartoon, it'd be that one. Uh, Devin, my sister. Uh, I didn't look into it, but she said there's like an article com- directly comparing the members of the family to the x-men Do i you mean, see it it's I, I didn't see the article but i didn't yeah. know what this was the plot i actually thought do it they was get, about music so now I'm do they get um <laughs> do they get oppressed in this movie like the X-Men you know what do. no well maybe they get oppressed by the abuela That's what yeah the, the abuela is the oppressor and uh and also, like, it's weird because, like, the rest of the town starts turning on them, like, really quickly. And I'm like, you guys are gods to these people. Like, what are you? Oh, no, this guy won't marry our daughter. It's like, what the fuck? Like, you have super strength. Like, get over it. Uh, but there are, yeah, there's, I think, in my opinion, there's two pretty standout songs. There's, like, Surface Pressure and Bruno. I think those two songs are fucking tens. They're both great. Um, but yeah, no, I watched it. I got a little emotional near the end, uh, I think, which is a sign of a pretty good animated movie. They get you to, to get the feels. Um, yeah, no, I mean, like, I, I think this is a it's a hard fuck soft Mary, you know, somewhere in between there. Uh, I watched it hours ago, so it's it's still pretty, pretty fresh. But I was like in the shower. I was like re-listening to some of the songs. I was like, yeah, yeah, this is this is this has some jams. Uh, it was just I don't know. I just like wanted to watch it, and then I just like never found the time to. And then one of the group chats I mean, just like would not shut up about it. And I was like, all right, let me just get this out of the way so I don't feel like spoiled. Hmm. 
Yeah, I'm gonna check this yeah. out. It seems like yeah, fun. dude. I mean, you know, figure it out, Chris, since you don't have Disney Plus anymore. Oh, I Yo, team, no <laughs> Disney Plus. <laughs> I don't need Disney Plus to watch movies. Kanto. You do if you want to watch Kanto. Yeah, that's find that's the, actually the theme in Kanto. Find it like I find everything else. Yeah, but it has a uh, again like On the uh, Matrix. <laughs> like one of my issues with Coco, not in terms of like narr- like the movie itself. I think Coco's wonderful, but like I really hated the the really overbearing mother, and there's a very overbearing grandmother in this. Hmm. And I was just like, you're the worst. I'm sensing a theme. Yeah, I hate. <laughs> Women. Overbearing. <laughs> I hate women. I hate just women in general. Uh, no, but dude, good cat, like gorgeous. Like there's a se- there's a sequence, and it's not even like a big stylized sequence, but it's just like uh, the main character like gets pushed out of this room with a bunch of sand, and she has like sand specks on her face, and I just paused it, and I was like, this is insanely amazing. Like this looks so good. Uh, like no, I mean the fact that this was like direct Disney Plus, like it, it doesn't show the money. Chris, as you say, the money's on the screen. Mm. It's a it's a beautiful movie. Best they've ever done. Sorry, Coco. Sorry, Coco. What's a Pixar? I love Coco. Uh, no, no, it's just like another. It's another hit, man. It's another. Well, I already found banger. It, so they they got the. <laughs> is that wait? Is that the Disney animation studio or Pixar? <laughs> This is Disney. This is Disney. Uh, Luca was Pixar, so it was like, oh, is Pixar? Wanna, Pixar's B team's kind of falling off, aren't they? No, they really I are. Mean, I mean, I think Luca, yeah. Luca was really kind of just, bleh. it's kind of lame. Luca was know. there, right? It was, it was, it was okay, okay, right? Cars it was okay. and stuff. I, I'm, I mean, I'm a little harsher on movies that are just existing. <laughs> like I, I, I don't give them as much credit. But you like, you like expect. There's expectations with Pixar, and they exactly. just haven't met them in the last few, last exactly. couple. Yeah, I think Coco was the last great Pixar movie. I'll tell you who's banging it out of the park. It's fucking Sony's animated studio, man. Oh, Spider Man, Spider Man, Mitchell Mitchell versus the Machines. Mm -hmm. That's great too. Somebody got got to watch out over there at Sony. They're making some good stuff. (laughs) I guess there's only one thing that they're making that's good, and it's animated (laughs) movies, not video games. All right, folks, I think it's time to dump dump to jump dump. I had to jump in to the Nicholas Winding Renfin filmography. I watched 10 films this week, uh, all within the span of two weeks because I had COVID and nothing better to do. So we'll get started on the first film of Nicholas Winding Renfin's career, and that is Pusher, which is part of the Pusher trilogy that he made in his career. I want to point out that Nicholas Winding Renfin has shot every single one of his films chronologically. Like uh, from beginning to end. From beginning. Oh, to oh, end. like he's not like, oh, we're gonna shoot this scene that's in the middle no. of the movie. He doesn't do. Uh, that. Wait, the way. Oh, you're saying the way he produ- he directs. The, the way he, he directs each scene is shot is shot. Oh, shoot, that's interesting. Chronologically that's, in the film. That's actually really interesting. I'm sure a lot. I'm sure the majority of directors don't do that, right? They, they don't. just. 
That probably, I mean, they that's do probably whatever's easiest. Killer, uh, most that's killer on the budget, but you want to hear a fun? You want to hear? A fun he doesn't factoid? seem like he cares. Look at the guy's face. He doesn't give a fuck about budget. He's got the money. Hartman's got that money. You want to hear a fun factoid? Uh, the one of the very first scenes that the Hobbit shot in Lord of the Rings was the end of Return of the King when they all come and visit for uh, the dead. Oh, that's interesting. That was like the second, first or second. No scene wonder it shot. felt so unnatural. Yeah, you know, Steve's one hundred percent right. It's uh, yeah. it's it's a drain on the budget. Uh, mostly yep. the, more than anything and also in in uh, denmark they have very very strict rules when it comes to shooting film really and, yeah extremely strict eight hours a day only you must shoot a movie in order <laughs> <laughs> eight hours a day only and no weekend shoots whatsoever oh okay so it's interesting it's, it's nice on the crew it's nice on the actors but uh i think renfin was a little upset with that i i think he only shot three films in Denmark and then went right. I mean, it America. is, it is kind of like you're, you're handcuffing yourself a bit. You're like a bit. Yeah. Let's just get this done. I mean, it's nice in the crew and the actors, of course, but like, you know, in America, we shoot what 15 hour days on films, 21 TV's, hour days. TV is like insane, right? It's, like, it's crazy. Um, Renfin thought the original main actor who played Frank was too placid and boring. So he fired him the week before production. Uh, he ended up hiring Kim Bodina, who actually scared a lot of people on set because he didn't want to rehearse. He wanted it to be more realistic. And basically, the film is about uh, drug dealing in, in Denmark. And Frank has the worst day possible in which he is stuck with a bunch of heroin. He gets uh, caught by the police, has to run, and then ditches, I think, uh, what was about $75,000 worth of heroin in a river. So he doesn't get back in jail. And then the whole movie is fallout from that one action. Him going back to the supplier and telling him that he lost $75,000 worth of heroin. And then the supplier being like, well, you need to go find my money right now. Anybody who owes you money, you go to them right now. And he brings his like heavy with him. And it's, um, it's a horribly violent and scary, disturbing film about drug dealing. I really like it. I think it's uh, a great first film. It really is. Like I, I, it's, it's very much more like Drive. It has like a documentary type feel. Um, mm. Unlike Drive, it feels more realistic. But the plot, the general violence, is very much similar. When, uh, when did uh, this come out? This came out in 1996. Um, it was. It holds a, a Rotten Tomato score of 83 percent. Audience score of 85 percent. And the budget was around nine hundred thousand um, dollars. Shit. Uh, was considered the first Danish language gangster film. Nineteen ninety six, very popular, huge in Denmark. Uh, due to Danish, oh, we talked about that. This was Mads Milkinson's film debut. Really? Oh, Mads first. He plays a a his Frank's dumb friend who keeps talking about <laughs> wanting to get laid and eating Chinese food. I movie. love that where they're like this Mads Mikkelsen guy. He looks like a real slacker. <laughs> He's real like, fucking. <coughs> he played, this guy could never play a classy uh, Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. Dude, so far from it. He's such a scumbag in this movie. It's, it's a lot of fun, and um, I really like it. I, I've seen this movie a couple of times actually um, in my life. So this one I was the most familiar with. He's mm. outside of Drive in his later work. Uh, but I really like it. It's a great film. Great start. And with that, we lead on to his second film, which is Bleeder. Um, Bleeder. 
Bleeder's not great. <laughs> Bleeder. Oh, sophomore slump. Sophomore slump, very much. It's very, it's a very simple film about men, immature men that can't really communicate with women, and then it get, takes a really violent turn. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't think it's well thought out. I think it's, it's underdeveloped. I mm. think that's the word I would use. Um. And I think Mad's character in this seems the most like Renfin than any other character I think is out there. He, Mad's character in this is a, a video rental store clerk who's watched every film in there. He's like a like a, a weirdo nerd, but he can't he can't talk to women at all. This is so weird. It's like so is this in my clerks? head, it's like yeah, he's, <laughs> he's talking Randall from Clerks. <laughs> it's Dark Clerks, basically. <laughs> He saw Kevin Smith. He's like, God damn it. That guy's a genius. I think there is some truth in that because like um, Renfin, like he talks about independent films being his biggest influence. His biggest influence is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And it's not for what you think. He says one guy wrote, directed, shot, edited, you know, acted in, did everything in that for that movie. And he's he was obsessed with that. So that really comes out in his work being wholly independent wanting control over the film. Uh, this Bleeder holds a 66% on Rotten Tomatoes with a 67% audience score, has a runtime of 97 minutes, and it was made in 1999. Uh, yeah, I, I feel like <laughs> there's a lot of these movies. Like the next movie I'm going to talk about, which is Fear X, it's basically a dark version of Paul Blart Malkov. <laughs> yes. I mean, that sounds pretty good to me, to be honest. It is. It is. Um, this film is a real noggin scratcher. Uh, it has the dreamy aesthetics of Drive. It has that sort of um, emotionlessness of it, too. Like, this is a great precursor to Drive, Fear X. Um, I feel like he was kind of talking about a lot of the same things in this movie that he was talking about in Drive. Somebody who's kind of um, idealistic. And I, I, there's a quote here that's really great that Nicholas Renfin said, Sphere X is about idealists and when they are confronted with reality. A lot of the time their ideals are tested and turned and they're no longer what they thought they would be. I feel like uh, a lot of his characters, especially um, in Drive in this... There's a naivete associated with them, a, a, a certain lack of social understanding. Mm. And um, Fear X is about that. Fear X is basically a man who works as a security guard at a mall where his wife was shot and killed. The whole reason he's a security guard at this mall is to just get as much evidence and video footage of what exactly happened. Because it's kind of an unsolved crime. There's a lot of lot of like there's a lot of evidence that, that was thrown out, and throughout the whole movie, he's just trying to find out why it happened. Like he doesn't know why, and it, that's that's the film, like him trying to find out why this happened. And um, I think Totoro said something about Renfin I want to talk about where he's Nicholas doesn't have all the answers to what he's trying to do. He seems to be a filmmaker who throws the script away from time to time. And mm. I get that from every one of his movies. I think he likes, there's I really not that. a lot of dialogue in any of his movies. It's all visually told. And I feel like a lot of it, most of these scripts he wrote and he's like, I'd rather focus on what's going on in this scene organically than focus on the script. 
Right. And I dig that. I like I like that style of storytelling. Um, unfortunately, Renthin's film company, Django Star, went bankrupt after this film failed miserably at the box office, which is sad. Um, was this one good? I mean, because I mean, it sounded like the um, the one prior to that wasn't as entertaining or just like enjoyable. But how was this one? Firax is is good. I really enjoyed Firax. Yeah. I I think, like I said, it, it is a precursor to Drive, and I think that's why I kind of dug it so much. I think John Turturro's character is a little bit more um, passive than the driver, but I. So- and I'm not really a huge fan of passive characters. Like I think they they have their place, but I don't like them as main characters so much. I think that's the biggest flaw of this film. Um, novelist and screenwriter of Requiem for a Dream wrote this, so it is. It has that disturbing pulse in it that really mm. sticks with it. It's not as blatant. As Requiem for a Dream, but it's definitely... There's no ass to ass? There's no ass to... John Turturro goes ass to ass. <laughs> Man, so, let, so let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. He makes he makes Dark Clerks, and then he makes Watered Down Requiem for a Dream? What is no, 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 no. That's not what this is at all. This is like, again, Dark Paul Blart Mall Cop. <laughs> you Paul... got, did you guys ever see Observe and Report? Yes, Which and I, kind of like yes, I like that movie. movie. I, I like that movie too, and that is a more extreme version of this. Yeah. You know, I think that is more, and funny, obviously. I, I really like it too. Um, yeah, this film holds a, a Rotten Tomato score of 58% with an audience score of 38%. Um, it had a $6.6 million budget. I no information on the box office. It was a runtime of 91 minutes, and it came out in 2003. It is free on YouTube. 100% free. Ooh. There are so many movies that are just free on fucking YouTube. I know. And I find out them. I found out a new one every time, every month. Yeah, I think you like, just monthly watch one of them on YouTube. Like, I, uh, four Ernest movies are on YouTube. For free. Hell yeah. For free. You can watch them all. I mean, you do get haunted by Jim Varney, but... <laughs> Well, worth I, it i dealt with that for a couple of weeks and he was a really nice and charming ghost so i didn't know deep, 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 deep. uh moving on to pusher two now you're asking me chris why didn't you shoot them all together all three chronologically because that's crazy that's who, would do that? who would do that <laughs> uh each film like i said before uh each film is shot chronologically of course each film in the pusher trilogy takes place in copenhagen denmark Ooh. Which is fun. Um, the second film is actually about Tony, who is Mads Milkison's character from the first Pusher movie. And oh, really? Okay, they're like, the, let's highlight the roommate. Exactly. And Devin, you watched a little of this, and you I watched, liked I think, it. like the I I think when you were you watched probably what the first like thirty minutes. And I'd say I we were into the first movie. act, and then yeah, you, yeah, you, got, you jumped in. Um, it, uh, yeah, you, you dug it and you seen, I dug it quite a bit. I was like, Ooh, this is good. And it felt very, it felt very like drive kind of. Yes. Um, yes. He has a, he has a great, you could like follow it, which was nice, (laughs) which is not something you always get with this director. Um, and that's, you know, take that how you will, but that's true. Um, so I was pretty thrilled about that. It was, yeah, I really liked it. It's a really cool, straightforward, like 
coming to life movie of learning and being an adult and being a piece of shit and living up to oh your father's God. father's expectations and not doing that. Like it's, 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 um, it's also about drugs and the underbelly of Copenhagen, but at the core, it's about a father and son story, mm. you know, not just a father and an older, an older father and a son, but a younger son and a father the fuck am i talking about <laughs> mads Mogensen <laughs> has a kid in this and that there's a focus on him and his father relationship with the son and of course his father in this is a a gang leader a gang lord and he's trying to live up to his expectations but can't it's a great film really enjoyed it um many actors in the cast are criminals and not real actors they actually got drug dealers and gang members to shoot this in Denmark with them. Um, I mean, you probably saved some money there, right? Well, like from what I've heard about like Goodfellas, I think there were two characters, specifically Paulie Walnuts from Sopranos, who was a gangster mm-hmm. in real life. So this is, you know, it happens in a lot of films about crime. You'll see real criminals sometimes, independent films usually. That's because, you know, they, they've lived it. They, they, they lived it. They know what it's like. They, they know what the life, they know what it means to be in that life and to act accordingly. You show me Zach Efron, I'm like, that guy doesn't know how crime works. <laughs> Pretty boy Zach Efron, he's he's too scared to even talk to fucking extras now. Uh, he has to have his handlers deal with him. <laughs> um, Which they are gangsters. His <laughs> yeah, his handlers are actually thugs. I will move on quickly to Pusher 3. I, I did, could not find a lot of information about any of these films, unfortunately, because... So these two he did back and back. Uh, yeah, back, and back. Pusher yeah. 2 and Pusher 3 he shot within the span of a year. 2004 was Pusher 2. 2000, I mean, yeah, Pusher 2. Pusher 3 was 2005. It was almost back to back, I would think, these two, actually. Uh, this is the last film Renfin shot in Denmark because of criticism and the overall uh, the work, how, how film the film industry works in Denmark. Um, the people at all the NA meetings were real, too, in this, which is kind of interesting that looked that way. Uh, the main character goes to Narcotics Anonymous because he used to be an addict or still is. That's how that works. And the, the plot of this actually is a father throwing a birthday party for his daughter while simultaneously balancing a large drug deal and a murder that he committed in his restaurant. It is, um, I almost want to call this one a comedy of errors. <laughs> it's kind of like... <laughs> it's like a bunch of bad shit happens and he's just like spinning plates throughout the whole movie. Um, yeah, it's fun. I don't think it's the strongest of the three, though. I think it might be the weakest. I think I like Pusher 1 the most. Um, and then Pusher 2 and Pusher 3, all respectively ranked accordingly. Uh, the next film on my list, which is the one that really, I think, um, this was the moment that Renfin really put himself out there as an auteur and that movie is Bronson Bronson is a great film it's a it's I don't like biopics I really don't like biopics but this this isn't like a traditional biopic though not at all like it gets in Bronson's head like it's there's a lot of weird fucking like I don't know I think every scene in in front of that audience is so illuminating 
to what Bronson really is when he has to literally is dressed up and performing for the audience on that yeah, dude. stage. He's like dressed as like a mime or whatever, or whatever that is. Dude, that it, he, the whole movie to me is about exploitation, like exploiting a man. who's obviously he's mentally ill and he's in a terrible position, but exploiting him for his art art and making him, and I, I'm saying ex- exploitation and not admiration because he's being used in most of this film. He's like an object. And that's what makes me, that's what makes him so fascinating to me as a character. Yeah. yeah. Chris, what was that movie we watched? Uh, it was like that movie about the director's like life story. He's the playwright. It was right. And we saw it on like, it, it's your dad's favorite movie. Oh, all that jazz. I kind of feel like uh, Underworld. A bit of... is, <laughs> Underworld is, is Chris. I use yeah. those two all the time. His second favorite movie is second well, favorite Roy movie. Schneider, the other <laughs> Kate Beckinsale. I always yeah. get him confused. Yeah, uh, his second favorite movie, All That Jazz. I feel there's a little bit of that. There is. There's I, a little bit of like yeah. what they call magical realism mm-hmm. that's in, 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 injected into this film. I think it has my favorite montage of any of these movies where Bronson is the first time he got out of prison for the first time and he's going back to see his parents and he's got this like stupid grin on his face and he's sort of like waddling when he walks. He looks like Charlie Chaplin. Mm, yeah. Um, the way he performs and like he's fighting with the door to get out of the car that he's in. Like he's just awkward and kind of uncomfortable in his own skin, but it's such a good montage. Um, he's um. There's some hog in this too. For hog there's a bit of hog. Right? There's a bit of hog. Do you get hog. Tom Hardy hog. Tom Hardy hog, which is you know that's pretty high Tom, up there. That's gold Tom standard hog. hog. No, that doesn't work. I want to say this may have been the first Tom Hardy movie I've seen. Me too. I think is I'm that the first? Mm, is that? I don't think it's my. I think I watched it after. Well, I didn't see that Fact. Star Trek Nemesis movie. So. Oh, you know I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I but none of us. That. None of us knew about. It. Like this is the movie that kind of just like put him on a map. Yeah, most certainly. I think the Nemesis movie I forgot immediately. <laughs> I mean, this put them both on the map. Well, I'm I th- okay. So I yeah, don't Nemesis think this put Refn on the map, Brown but like this was fire, like yeah. the eye opener over here in the states. You know, Steve, I think you I think you might be right with that. I think because he made a good deal of money off this movie. This was only it only cost two hundred thirty thousand to make, which surprised me. That's really cheap. That's a deal. That's that, a fucking steal that for that movie. Steal, what, right? did they just shoot in a prison for free? Pretty much. It seems like. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it made 2.3. So it's like, that's 100% profit. Mm-hmm. I, I, If I was looking at that as a producer, especially for an independent director, I'd be like, oh, well, he's he's only going to go up from there. It's, yeah. His right. career has got a kind of a trajectory now. Um, so yeah. I think there is something to his his career kind of blowing up after Bronson too. I'm looking, I'm looking at it, and like, I mean, there may because it's not like I saw Bronson day one, right? But like, I remember, yeah, it was a lot of like, um, maybe I saw him in talking about it. Maybe I saw like Inceptions and like Warrior, and I was like, oh, I should watch Bronson. I don't know, hmm. but. I, re- I I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, Bronson is this films. It's great. I, I really enjoy it. Uh, the real life Bronson shaved off his mustache to use as a prop mustache for the film because he was so impressed with Tom Hardy. Whoa! Yeah, he's a weird yeah, guy. that guy's uh, <laughs> almost as weird as Jared Leto. <laughs> almost. Supposedly, Bronson did t- uh, twenty five hundred push ups a day. 
because Tom he, he's a big dude. He's a big guy, and Tom Hardy was getting in shape for it. And he's like, I didn't do twenty five hundred pushups. That's fucking crazy. <laughs> um, Bronson was originally not allowed to see the movie either. He was in jail, so they actually oh, they didn't let him see it in jail. While they, in jail? They, they eventually relented. He said he wanted to wait till his mother saw it. And then when she gave him the thumbs up, he's like, oh, I'll watch it now. See it. Bronson's the, he's like Europe's most violent inmate or something, right? The something most expensive, like that, right? violent criminal in, in lockup in British history. Yeah. He's more like me than I am. Bronson on Hardy's performance. Venom said the same thing. Wait. <laughs> Yep, the symbiote. Venom said that about Bronson? He said Eddie. Well, Bronson said it about Tom Hardy, but then Venom said the same thing while Tom Hardy was shooting Venom. He's like, wow, it's better than me. You know. It's better than me. It's better than who would have thought hey, that the hey, third Hardy Venom. brother would have finally made it this big? <laughs> yeah, that one guy who makes all the shirts, that one guy who wrestles. <laughs> God damn. The guy who makes the shirts. I had to think about that for a second. <laughs> uh, this holds a 76% of Rotten Tomatoes with an audience score of 74%, which is a little low. A little low. I agree. It's a little low. Um, box office, like I said, 2.3 million. <laughs> Runtime, 92 minutes. It was made in 2008. I will also say, I didn't know this was a Nicholas Winding Refn movie until years later. Yeah, no, me, me neither, me honestly. Me neither. Like, like oh. that's the thing. Like, I think it was like, this was kind of at a time where directors were still kind of like, if you weren't Steven Spielberg or uh, like someone, in, Nolan, someone in the, well, no, this, I'm going to say this is when Nolan was like the guy who pushed the director's names up. Yeah. Where yeah. like people started focusing more on like the scene, uh, the talent behind the camera than just like the names. Cause it's like, you could see any movie with fucking, uh, um, why do I want to say Matt Hardy? Tom Hardy. <laughs> it's Matt Hardy. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> Ed Hardy. It's Ed Hardy. Yeah. Ed Hardy, Hardy Matt Hardy. On the, on the cameras. So many Hardys. All the same guy. The Hardy boys. This is around, I think, the switch up where like audiences were more interested in, you know, the crew. Like yeah. the town behind yeah. it. I think there's some truth in that. I think I really uh, like that. The Most early two thousands were a big time for directors becoming auteurs and building mm-hmm. a name for themselves. Because I think what really turned me on to that was Edgar Wright and Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Because I've never seen that and I was like, I want to watch every one of this guy's movies from now on for the rest of the Because remember it remember when it was just Shaun of the Dead and um oh, what the fuck's his his show? Garth Ring. Um, Wait, no, 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 not, not Garth Marenghi. Space. Um, oh, Spaced. Spaced. Yeah, yeah like man. Those were like the only two pieces of media we had from Edgar Wright. And it's like, dude, this guy's awesome. And then he just kept making fucking awesome movies. Yeah, I know, right? That's, um, yeah, I think that was the point where I was really starting to look at the name mm-hmm. the person directing the film. And uh, yeah, this one kind of came out of nowhere. And I think it was a trailer that really did it for me. Because I remember watching the trailer for this fucking great trailer. Um, unlike a lot of other Renfin movies, <laughs> it doesn't really have great trailers. This one was amazing. Yeah. Sold me on the movie. So let's move on. Um, on to his next film, which would be, um, Valhalla? Drive. Oh, oh, no, Valhalla. One, probably. two, three, four, five, six. This is his seventh film, Valhalla Rising. Yeah. We're moving on to Valhalla. Valhalla Rising. Valhalla. Uh, Devin, I got this little factoid off of IMDb, so I want you to strap on your seatbelt and Ooh. get ready, baby. 
Okay. Was the main inspiration for the video game God of War 2018? That's uh Whoa, Devin. Your fucking dinner, dude. Was it my dinner? We all know that. I that's wish the movie. Dinner. You hate that movie. I wish I could drop this mic and walk away right now. You should. Just do it. Just, so, but it's Steve's. just drop it's in. Steve's. Wait, wait. Is Valhalla Rising a one shot? Is that why? One shot? You mean shot in yeah, all one shot? It'll want her? Yeah. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> then, like, I don't get it outside of dark Viking shit, man. Okay. Yeah, I guess. Go on I IMDb, like Kevin. Like, no, I'm not denying it. I'm just, that's a weird take. I mean, maybe what's his name said about Barlog? Well, there's this thing on IMDb where it's like, has this helped yeah, you? Yeah, there's like fact, a trivia thing. And yeah. you could hit no. <laughs> you want for this? I'd be like, what, I, you can disagree, disagree with the fact? Yeah, yeah, yeah you, you can. can like not find it helpful no. or something like that. <laughs> it's no, like that's not a real fact. 29 of 30 people found this interesting, and, and it would be one, it would be Devin. Like nope, yeah. I didn't because it's not true. I mean, I mean, honestly, maybe it is. I really remember almost nothing about. Well, yeah, I, also, you have to understand the whole plot of the film is one eye Nicholas Renfin's character with a kid. Not Nicholas Renfin. Or it? I'm sorry, uh, Mads Milgren's character. <laughs> yeah, <I was> like, <laughs> what with a kid, and he's traveling yeah. with a kid with him, and he's killing people as a Viking man. There's some. I get you know, the connection. You know what that sounds? Uh, yeah, that sounds a little bit like um. That sounds exactly like fucking. Uh, oh, what the fuck is that series with the baby carriage and the gun oh. and the samurai? Lone Wolf and Cub. Lone Wolf and Cub. Sound that sounds just like that, which is an inspiration of God of War, right? We were 100%. talking about that before, so one hundred percent connection is made. So, Devin, your favorite video game is made by your least favorite film. That's right, Devin. It's my least favorite. Chuck least Rock favorite film. Yeah, <laughs> favorite video game, Chuck Rock. <laughs> Damn it! I didn't know this was a one one to one of Chuck Rock. <laughs> um, written by uh, Nicholas Whiting Renfin, Ray Jacobson, and Mike Arcidi. Uh, this this and Bronson represent the first films that uh, Renfin didn't write himself, where he's actually had a co writer. Um, I almost scoff of that because there's like five lines of dialogue in the whole movie. There are. I understand there's more to it than just that. There are approximately only 120 lines of dialogue in this film. Yeah, that's, that's, which is not a I lot. Remember that? Yeah, it's not a lot. Renfin used black plastic bags to simulate the ocean when they were traveling on boat, which is really cool. Huh. That's really neat. Like the noise? <laughs> no, the if you look at the water that they're sitting wow. in the boat, it's yeah. it's flowing black. Trash oh, so bags. he's just a he's just pro pollution then. Okay, well, cool. <laughs> cool. it was on a set. So, <laughs> um, Renfin's favorite film that he has ever made. That's what he said. Oh. Um, was finishing Bronson while shooting this, so they were shooting almost back to back. Was this a movie where he like he's like I had a dream and yes. I have to make this movie right? Yeah, one hundred percent or something like that. He had a dream in which one eye he, he specifically remembered one eye in the dream, not speaking, traveling with Christians in what is the Viking land of Norway. Pretty cool. I um I don't think this is a great movie. I I will say. I think um, it's got a lot of cool ideas. Uh, it's got a, a really great performance by Mads Milkinson, I think. But um, yeah, I just it's it's a weaker film. It's it's not again someone under underdeveloped. Whoa, yeah. Which is I think I, is a problem with with his films. Could sometimes a problem with his films for me. 
Um, I believe that. I remember. I, okay, so my main, but the main thing I remember of this movie is me falling asleep, probably four or five times. Yeah, like, I tried to watch this movie about three times. I fell asleep about four or five times because it's just there's lots of quiet fog on a boat with like not a lot going on. It's an extremely ominous film that really. It leads up to something, of course, but... Chris, did you read about the original ending of this movie? No. No, what was that? The original ending of the film had one eye boarding a spaceship and being thrown (laughs) away. Well... decided that it would be too easy for the audience to interpret and took it out. So, basically, (laughs) and I know how crazy this sounds, but that's generally the same thing that happens in the original ending. It's not Aliens... But the people they meet in that new world are practically aliens to these people. Yeah. They're not, they're, they're almost like demons in this movie. They're not human. And the whole movie is one eye having a dream, a prophecy that he's going to die there. He's going there to die. And he's going to meet these people that are alien to him. Like that's, that's the whole film. So it's like, if it was aliens, it would be more blatant. It'd be cooler, I'll tell you. <laughs> Maybe. I'd know. fucking remember the ending, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> like, yeah, um, an alien showed up. <laughs> this holds a 74% on Rotten Tomatoes with an audience score 49%. Big drop there. Big drop. Yeah. Um, box office, $5.7 million, made for $730,000. Year 2009, runtime 92 minutes. Feels like it's an hour and a half, or 120 minutes. Um, okay, we're here. We're on the one. We're on drive. On one, this might be the worst trailer. The one with the worst trailer. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, this one was never marketed right, but it's the best Nicholas Winding Renfin movie. Um, I remember fucking seeing that trailer. They had the studio like, had no clue how to another dumb Fast and the Furious fucking knockoff. Yep. I remember seeing trailers for this and like the the movie with um Oh God, I can't think of his name. Not James McAvoy, uh, but he was like a bike courier, and then there was like oh. crime afoot. No, it's Jason Gordon Levitt. Yeah, J- Jason <laughs> Gordon Levitt, and he's like, and I just remember seeing the trailer for that, and then like another, tra- and I was like, what the fuck is up with these terrible movies? I'm trying dude? to remember what that was called. It's uh, called I think it was just called like the package. Yeah, something. <laughs> he was a, he was a, a courier. It was the courier. It may have just been called cor- cur- courier. Yeah, bike courier. Ugh, they suck. Uh, dr- drive doesn't though it is a fucking masterpiece this movie is possibly the greatest movie of the 2010s for me i don't know it's i there. think this is the movie that defined the 2010 100 percent. yes like the whole fucking like kind of i guess 80s throwback city pop fucking lo-fi whole vibe yep Stemmed out of this fucking movie. Yeah. I think. I'm sorry. Premium Rush was the name of that movie. Like Synthwave and that. What is that one with the. Uh, it's just like the slowed down songs. You know, that all. That, the yeah. big movie. The, uh, the lack of dialogue, too. Like. <laughs> 100%. You know, the the cinemat. Like the. I don't know. There's a lot of. A lot of subtle. A it, lot of subtle. Subtleties in this movie that, that, that really scream at you. It was somebody taking an artistic stab at an action film. And I feel yeah. like that became so popular. 
I think Ryan Gosling does. He described it as his superhero movie. Like he was like, "This is my superhero movie. Right. This is the superhero I would be." And he and talks. Like, it's my favorite superhero. You're my favorite superhero, Driver. <laughs> he talks about Driver Drive being a, somebody who is kind of you know, like almost childlike in his understanding of reality mm-hmm. to the point where he thinks he's in a movie all the time, almost like yeah. a Hollywood film. I mean, you could tell, right? He takes them to the Terminator uh, <laughs> slash Grease. <laughs> Uh, area to go drive his car in, you know. Yeah, he's I, got a tooth. He's got a toothpick. You know, he's yeah. got that jacket. This movie has such know. a good cast, too, dude. Oh, yeah, it's go. Yeah, Isaac, go. Brian Cranston. This is Oscar Isaac's Hendrick, like first. John like Thurman. we didn't even fucking know who that guy was. Oh no! And, and I want to give a shout out to Albert Standards for playing Albert Brooks. Go a fucking yeah. great villain in this movie. Ron Perlman, go, <laughs> dude. That's one of the best laughing. lines. I've, what the pussy machine? I've ever no, my, not that one. My hands are dirty. Pussy machine. My right? hands are dirty. Yeah, so are mine. Simple. You know everything <laughs> it, about dude. that fucking that's character. Such an, that's such so an good. Albert Brooks line. It's so good though. It's <laughs> so Marlon from Finding Nemo line to me. He's gonna have to defend his life, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he's like wa- he's like washing the the fucking blades that he used to fucking kill Brian Cranston with. There uh, are, there are six people you could always get to play this kind of part, and I like the director was thinking outside the box. That's Albert Brooks talking about his role in this. He's absolutely right. There is a, a handful mm. of actors they would pick Hollywood to play that role. And they went with Albert Brooks. And I think that is a genius fucking move. Genius. Genius. Um, and since it was considered such a throwback to like the 80s, it was a film that was hard to get produced. Because in the early 2008, there was a screenplay floating around by Hosanna Amini, who did write the, the final draft. And Neil Marshall was set to direct with Hugh Jackman, but they couldn't get the funding. So they took this 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 young handsome notebook actor <laughs> and threw blood yeah. on his face. So all over the the fear the, the the idea was they approached Ryan Gosling with this script, the production company. He read it, loved it, and oh, they yeah. they this asked it's right up his alley. They asked movie. him who to direct. Who was going to? Oh, they he picked the director. He picked Renfin. Dude, goat. That's a goat move right there. That's MVP moves. That's MVP moves right there. Now, and then uh, Carrie Mulligan, like, I remember seeing her in this movie, and I was like, oh, man, that's Sally Sparrow. And we were talking yeah. about um, mm. uh, Doctor – we were talking about the 10th Doctor earlier tonight as well. And uh And, like, I remember seeing her, and I was like, oh, man. I was like, that's fucking Sally Sparrow. That's awesome that she, like, made it into a movie. And then she ends up winning an Oscar, like, the next year for <laughs> the, an education, I think. Yeah, an education. Right? Exactly. So – this is another. This is a big stepping stone for a lot of these actors, like especially yeah. Oscar Isaac, and I mean Ryan Gosling was pretty big beforehand, I think. Right. Yeah, but this kind of like put him in like another because it was like he was the rom guy. He was the romantic. He was guy. the rom guy. Was yeah, and then after this Blue one, Valentine. he and then we watched him fucking smash a dude's face in with his foot in the elevator. Interesting <laughs> fact about that scene. Uh, Renfin reached out to Gaspar No and asked how he how to do a good ha- head smashing scene after he saw you. Are you fucking serious? And you no. want and Chris wanted to go right into Gaspar No after after this. He wanted to go, he wanted to continue the brutal streak of 2022. I love him. That's awesome that he like went to Gaspar No for that. Yeah. yeah how do I make this as violent as, as humanly possible? <laughs> how did you make that look so real? It looked like you killed a man in your. No, it looked like it, dude. No, it really. He really like because. 
they show it. It shows foot going through the dude's face mm-hmm. like it's a watermelon yeah. in that scene. Man, like you guys I, remember my birthday party? Oh, I should, yeah? We showed this movie at my birthday party at, at that movie theater. I remember that. It's, it's more. Are we at the, the tenth anniversary of that? I think so. That might be. That might have been that that year because I saw that memory. I'm like, oh man, I want to have a drive party. Let me rent a movie theater out for my birthday so I can show this movie <laughs> to everybody, to all my friends. Like it's just wild because like I I I really do like Hugh Jackman a lot, but like man, that would have been. So nah, I couldn't. I couldn't worse. imagine. It would have been, been so much worse with him in it. Been fucking stupid. With his Wolverine mutton chops, <laughs> with his and he would have his he would have his dirt he would have his dirty wife beater shirt I mean, on again again if it like was just drive and then in the elevator he pops the claws that's a little different like <laughs> that would have been your DTF your DTF oh my god yeah they just like <laughs> they just reined it in insane and then he just fucking pops the claws I'm like, oh my god oh man this was like this was also like a big one of my first too big for little minds movies too because oh yeah. There were so many people on my Facebook. When you showed on my your Facebook wife this movie, while, did you just stare at me? Did you oh, she loved it. it. Out? She, did you she really it out it. yet? No. no, but like there were there were two people that were not like childhood friends or whatever. Like yeah. they went to watch it because they love Ryan Gosling because they love the Notebook and stuff, and they said they had to walk out. They were like, the movie was bad. There were no lines in it. The music was all synthy and stupid. And I was like, I was like, you know what? Some people just don't understand what that good was, cinema is. We would have I'm, thrown like, down. Yes. I, I feel, I feel like we we must have thrown down with some people about. Yeah, I threw down. I threw down with them about this. I think I used to talk about people because people used to bring up that nobody liked Ryan Gosling. They're like, oh, he's that kissy fucking actor from oh, the that's romantic. A kissy boy. And they're like, I don't want to watch some cutie boy do the action scenes. Like I remember somebody telling that to me, and I'm like, he's a fucking actor. <laughs> like if he, yeah. he, that's what he does. He's supposed Bro to be has a fucking toothpick and a hammer. That's all he needs, dude. Dude, the terror. Like, the terror when he puts face? that. Do you ever think of that? A dude hammering a bullet through a guy's head. Like yeah. I never, I never like actually thought that would be a thing. And then after that, I was like, you know, I'm scared. Dude, during guy. that movie, I was like, oh man. He even puts the bullet in the guy's mouth too dude, and covers it. it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. This movie's so good, dude. It it's Danny one of my. Glover only it's one of my favorite. This is one of my favorite movies ever. Don't do one of my favorite movies ever. Yo, can we also talk like because I mean I was talking about how like this was like kind of like the start of the synth wave like eighties thing like for the twenty tens, but like this came out at the perfect time. Well, actually, you know what? Okay, so here's here's a question for you guys: If this movie came out in the nineties or like the late nineties, do you think one it would be as big, being so close to the eighties nostalgia, and two? Uh, do you think that this would be a number one selling CD? Ooh, if it absolutely did. not. Okay. Absolutely no, not. The, the soundtrack, maybe. No. I, don't I don't think. Know. I don't think either of them would have done well. I think this was a perfect time, perfect place yeah. type of movie. I agree. Like I remember walking out of that theater, us fucking going nuts, and then like immediately going on Spotify and finding out the entire soundtrack and driving home listening to that soundtrack. Yeah, yeah there was the Kavin- the Kavinsky song. Yeah, I yeah. still listen to that song. Me like, too. Every now and then <laughs> when I'm good, driving. It's such a fucking good It's song. a great song. <laughs> I fucking love that song. Um, I, 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 another great thing I just realized, um, or I looked up, Renton shot the opening scene in two days. <laughs> really? Well, you know what? That makes a lot of sense. That's like a fucking big scene. Wait. Yeah, so like, it so I guess he did do 
to the he did go to the Clippers game and there was an actual Clippers game going on I think at the Staples Center they probably had to set it up for the Clippers game because they wanted that to go. Dude, that side. opening scene. Yeah, you can't do dude, that in Denmark, so dude. You they don't get much like, better oh, than, we that, have than that opening scene. <laughs> you really don't get much better than that opening scene. Yeah, that's like it's that's like it's like MVP MVP level stuff right there. Rotten Tomato score of ninety three percent with an audience. Score I remember, yeah, love, we saw we watched the trailer and we were like, this does this doesn't look that good. And then <laughs> yeah, we thought and then we, we, saw, it was... <laughs> we saw the Rotten Tomato score. We were like, all right, I guess we're watching it then. I guess we're seeing this tonight. Ninety something? What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, because like I, I do remember. Does it look like a really standard? They're like, he's the driver. Like, he's watch the driver. He drew it, it felt like it was gonna be like another transporter film. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it felt like that. And then yeah, we're like ninety three, and then we watched it. And again, that movie really, I in my opinion, the movie like out. Does, I don't want to say out does, but the movie like really shows up and you're like oh okay it's this kind of movie in that opening sequence yeah so i think there's good. only one other person that could have played the driver and his name is steve Colin mcqueen Hanks. Oh, <laughs> steve mcqueen that's it yeah. i could think of like it's the only other person that his has name is uh mifune to toshihiro <laughs> that's the only other guy that could do it <laughs> uh box office 81 million dollars biggest box office for nicholas renfin ever yeah, I think it's because of the buzz. It like, was a huge buzz, yeah. big trailer, a lot of buzz, but completely misleading trailer, completely misleading. Um, that's you know, I'm, I, I like that though. I, I, I almost prefer that. I do too than anything else. A budget of fifteen million, so made a lot of money, and I, I think this was the the big hit, obviously for Enfin. So yeah. he now can he went on to do some other stuff and his next film he went on, he went on to go in to be in video games like that's training <laughs> as a hard man his next film is only god forgives which he both wrote and directed yep. also um, starring ryan gosling yeah this was like oh fuck it's ryan gosling and like a muay thai movie <laughs> fuck yeah <laughs> like didn't i didn't learn my lesson i was like oh <laughs> It's gonna be a cool, uh, cool action movie with Ryan Gosling where he drives car. I mean, I, I, I'll say, say this say about not this. All of that's true, but I think I, I liked it. I like. This I, movie. I like it. Yeah, I, I like it. this movie. I like it, and I like it for Ryan Gosling's mother. Her yes. Character, yeah. Her yeah. Really... She steals the fucking show, man. Um, I like it for the scene where he gets his arms chopped off at the end. Because hmm. why not? Right, it's a yeah. uh, it's a movie that makes a lot of choices. <laughs> I don't know if they're all great. Um, I think there's a scene in particular that I I kind of think is pointless, and that is when Ryan Gosling is sticking his hands inside of his mother after gutting her. And I I I read somewhere that Ryan Gosling basically went up to Renfin and was like, "Can I do this?" And he's like, uh, "Sure." <laughs> like <laughs> that's how that scene happened. So yeah. Eh, you know, it's not it's not very coherent. And again, a big problem with Brenton movies are it's a little underdeveloped. Um, but I don't hate it. Um, I like Chang in it. I like the character that he's portraying. It's a really interesting take on God. <laughs> it's weird. Weird to make God a cop in Thailand. That that's strange. Um <laughs> What do you mean? Normal? <laughs> it was booed and received a standing ovation at Cannes Film Festival. <laughs> oh, that, that sounds that's like where you tell that. That's where you know it's a good movie, or it's like actually a good movie. 
makes me Dude, laugh. you never know with fucking cans. You never do. It's a- they give every movie a standing ovation. Or they all walk out or throw up during it. Yeah, it'll be it like, yeah, I saw like this hype. movie. It Man. was the scariest movie I ever seen. Eight people died just watching it. You know, it's like what the movie was that? Crowd must be the worst crowd of people. Ever. It's a very, it's a, it's full of a very sensitive, oh artistic yeah. types that really anything disturbs them. Really, yeah, yeah. They're anything, very easily. Everything's hyper because they're just. You know, have you ever see a movie with somebody and they just want to laugh so hard at a movie and it's like not really funny, you know? But they're like, ha 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 ha, it's so funny, and you're like, yes, yeah, it's, it's not really that type of movie, man. I get it, like. You know, well, that's like, like a nervous reaction this, to this not com- understand. This comedians in this movie, but it's not really a type. But or, like, that's everybody at Cannes, or it's a Cape Fear situation, <laughs> <laughs> or that guy is going to harass your family and try to murder. So Gosling's character only had seventeen lines. Yes, so he um, Gosling does not speak very much. He really, they really doubled down on what worked in Drive, huh? Actually. Gosling described the script as the strangest thing he's ever read. So I'm sure he was. I remember being. We were so pumped for this movie too, just because we yeah. thought. Well, I, I mean, Brian it was Gosling was going to full the... full method with Muay Thai. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, he he like built a car for Drive or something, didn't? Yeah, he? I read something like that. Well, you know, he like... gets method, and and this he did too. He spent a lot of time in Thailand. Um, I think the most interesting directing, acting, or director acting advice in this. Was that Renfin would just whisper into Vathehara Pansuragam, who is Chang in this movie, he'd whisper in his ear and just say, You are God, to him while shooting uh, to give him inspiration. <laughs> He's basically God in this movie. Um, I need somebody to do that. Also, to be fair, also, like, <laughs> Ryan Gosling also starred in A Place Beyond the Pines. Yes. He was so fucking ripped for that movie. Yeah, like, oh, now this dude's going to. That's a good movie, high. too, by the way. The movie is good. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm a fan of that movie. But like, you, you know what I mean? It was like, oh, shit, this, this fucking specimen is going to do a Muay Thai movie. It's going to be sick as shit. And then, you know. It... Well, Renfin uh, draws a lot of connections to this and drive and i i see that um they're both based on emotions and but they're set in a heightened reality and it's sort of like a fairy tale i get that from a majority of his movies (laughs) like that sort of yeah yeah i mean surreality and you're not you're not wrong like his mom is great she's fantastic so good i think she calls his girlfriend a cum dumpster in front of her (laughs) yeah that was another ryan gosling thing too yeah he came up with that line is the worst yeah. thing to say to a woman <laughs> he would know that's what you call him right <laughs> uh scenes were edited the day they were shot which is really weird to me um yeah and they had to pay off local authorities to shoot at night in thailand that was a big problem actually that having to bribe the, the sketchiest part yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, really strike me as a, a very Nice, comfortable place to shoot a movie. Rotten Tomato score forty nine percent. Audience score thirty seven percent. I get why it's low. Uh, box office ten million point six. Budget of four point eight. Had a runtime of ninety minutes, and it was shot in twenty thirteen. Okay, so we move on to the last Renfin film. Um, and that movie is Neon Demon, folks. I watched this. This is the second time I've seen this movie. Oh, I fucking love it.
love this movie. I really do. You love it the second time around yeah, too. Yeah. It's great. I, I love uh, this movie too. It's it's probably the best looking. Yeah. Renton movie. Yeah, it's yeah. the prettiest movie. It's his prettiest. By far actually, yeah. Um I I I love the beauty horror movie thing they got going on here. I think it works on a lot of different levels. I think my favorite Renton scene hands down is um Oh, can I guess? Ellie Fanning being painted gold in oh. a white room while being shot by the creepiest photographer in the existence of human beings. It is such a fucking beautiful scene. And it's just her being like gold paint being like thrown at her, like hitting her in the face and him like smearing it all over her neck. Like it is the most sensual, beautiful thing that i've seen in a long time in film i really love this and a close second favorite scene ever is also in this movie and it's her merging with her her narcissistic personality into the triforce oh god that scene is so so insane it's like 2001 space odyssey like oh my god like compressed into into a fucking supermodel movie where they eat each other it's 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 the it's the it's the first big show that she has that she leads and she's walking into a a three triangles which are mirrors and she's looking at herself and kissing the reflection fucking dude phenomenal phenomenal she's great she's great in this movie man she's perfect casting i i i it's i i love drive drive is my favorite but this this is a close second me i i whew, it did something to me on the second watch i think it really uh it opened my eyes a bit um and basically renfin said i wanted to make a horror film about beauty and that's basically all this is it is a deeply deeply ominous horrific film about people being obsessed with beauty um Cliff Martinez, who did the score for Drive, comes back for this, and it's just as good as the fucking Drive soundtrack. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I, maybe it must be because I didn't like this nearly as much as Drive. But like, I don't remember any music from. This. Oh, oh, the, the the electronic, the the synth music is on point. In yeah, this movie. I'll, have on to, point. I'll have to like revisit it. I fucking love this. I'm watching this scene right now. I love this movie so much. I thought I thought your favorite scene was gonna be when uh, Keanu Reeves is like she has that nightmare about Keanu Reeves and he's like open your mouth yeah sticking like, yeah. the, the knife in her throat yeah oh like, and he's talking about the fourteen year old girl in the other room you should check uh, the room out have a good time two nineteen I forget the line is two 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 seventeen feeling green. He just said something. It's really silly. Yeah, this and creepy. Like... <laughs> <laughs> I love him in this. He's great. You get fucking black swan vibes from this movie. That's exactly. I think. I think it's slightly better. Yeah, yeah. I think it's. I think it does it. It does. I guess supermodel, like fashion model. Yeah, like mash fashion swan. modeling better than Black Swan does ballet. I think. Yeah. I, yeah I don't know. Black Swan's like you can follow what's happening in that much better which is why I uh, think yeah i mean yes it's a it's a movie better for little minds high iq you gotta you gotta have a high card. iq there's your take a shot yeah the was a high iq movie you gotta have a higher IQ. nicholas winding renfin is colorblind 
Wow. What? So would well, he ask no. Ryan Gosling? Did he ask Ryan Gosling to hook him up with colors? <laughs> Give me those glasses. Those glasses. I, I love that because I'm colorblind and I respect color in film. And you can if you're colorblind. You can you can you can do that and really see color fine. Um I it obviously you have people helping you, but I mean as an artist, it doesn't really change your perspective at all. So I think that's cool. It's cool to know. Yeah. I'm colorblind. I like that. Um, you know what his? Uh, I I'll wait till you're done. No, no. What is it? Uh, you know what his next movie is? No. It is called Copenhagen Cowboy. Oh, he's going back to Denmark. Coming to Netflix. Oh, oh. Wow. See, now I can't cancel Netflix. Shit. God damn it, Devin. Yeah. Uh, well, let's see. This was, uh, yeah, January 6th, 2022. Uh, <laughs> That's awesome. I'm killing, very wait, in the press release, they state killing a sentient being and exploiting that death for the sake of entertainment. What? Did what? you say January 26th, 2022? No, it was January 6th, 2022. So, so like, a few weeks ago. It's already out? It's already out. No, 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 no. They announced this is when the story oh, oh, announced. Oh, okay. Oh, oh, I sorry. thought we were sitting here with our asses in yeah, our hands. I, I would have been like, Chris, I I would have oh, I'm we sorry, missed Peta, one. Peta I'd have to wear a dunce cap. It. That's where Oh, PETA? From yeah, uh, fucking Hunger Games? Yeah. A, a pig was killed on set or something? This is what uh, they alleged. Oh. They alleged that a pig was killed on set. Um, It is, let's see. Copenhagen uh, yeah, Diaries. Copenhagen. What is it called? Copenhagen, Diaries? Copenhagen Cowboy. Cowboy. Cool. Uh, let's see. Well, yeah, let me. I let me like, I know. I don't know if it's a show or a movie. I'm gonna finish with some of these facts. Ellie Fanning yeah. was 16 when she started shooting this film. Um, yeah, they 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 talk about that in the film. She's obviously she's 16. Her character is 16 in the film. Yeah, I mean, either like they. They know she's 16, but they're just lie about it. Yeah, right? they're saying, say you're 18. So you, yeah. This movie's, you know, Renfin really has a way with uh, exploitation. People being used is a big thing in his in his career. Um, Fanning kept her eyes open for so long in the opening scene that her contacts were burned into her eyes by the light. Oh, my God. Uh, so wild. <laughs> yeah, that's Anything for the shot, man. Anything for the shot. Anything for the shot. Now, here's John. Let me give you some bullshit right now. Rotten yeah. Tomatoes score fifty nine percent. Like I said, not a lot of people. I mean, there's a separation. There's a bell curve statistically. If you separate people from low, very low IQs <laughs> to very high IQs, so obviously half of the people is going to be at the top of the bell curve. And you know, forty nine people, forty nine percent of people didn't like it. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense statistically. Yeah, that Darren Aronofsky, that guy doesn't know how to make a movie. <laughs> Black Swan. <laughs> yeah, what's Black Swan at? That's not like a ninety. Yeah, it's gonna be high. Oh yeah, I mean, if we had, if if uh, Nicholas Winding Refn had the fucking had the money for the crutch of Natalie Portman, yeah. then maybe maybe he would have had an eighty five. Natalie Portman refused to eat anybody on set. <laughs> <laughs> it's, in her, it's in her contract. Black Swan is very Army good. Black Swan is a very good movie, though. Yeah, I really yeah. love Black Swan. Too, I, I love. Don't get me wrong. Eighty five percent. Twisted, Devin. Yeah, eighty five percent on Round Tomato. Black. Look at it twisted. This movie just hits me, hits hits a hits a bone of mine. I'm not talking about my boner. All right, talking yeah, about my, my I mean, soul. it's a very, it's a visually just it, it's breathtaking. It the, the visuals in this movie that if you 
if you get hard about that kind of stuff, then you're gonna love this movie. I, I like the horror story. I like the the, the whole. Yeah, movie I think movie. it's a really cool, uh, a really cool concept as well. Yeah, me too. Because there are, there are scenes in this movie that are like. Mm. That are kind of creepy, but like it's like get under your skin creepy. It's yep. not like like the scene where she's with uh, what's her name, Jenna Malone, oh, and the the stro- the red strobe light. Like yeah. it, it it gets under my skin. It creeps me out. But it's ominous as hell. Yeah, but it, I, you don't really know. Like it's not like it's scary. You know, it's just it makes you uncomfortable. There's a building tension throughout the whole movie, right? And I really not a lot of like people do that. But I like the payout on this a lot. I like what happened to her. I think it's fucking horrifying and cool, and it fits with the whole theme of the film. And she's uh, pretty, she's pretty big now too, right? Has she, oh, has she gotten out of her sister's shadow? Yeah, she's uh, she's thanks. on the bride now. That new Hulu show. Oh, so she's got some, she's got some work. She's doing good. Yeah. So again, um, Keanu Reeves, a, a stepping stone in Keanu Reeves' uh, career was this movie. I didn't, I mean, I didn't know who kidding. he was until it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't think I've ever seen him play a creep before. That's no, right. True. Yeah, that yeah. is that is very true. That's what I bet you. He's like, oh, thank God. Yeah, thank God you let me do something different. <laughs> let me play a fucking pedophile. It works at a sleazy motel. <laughs> like Keanu, on, you're gonna be the big hero that everybody loves. <laughs> Fuck again. You know what I like about this? Because he had a cougar in a room, like a cat. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, why did you bring a cougar in there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's such an asshole. <laughs> I love it. Um, all right, so I'm going to do a ranking real quick. Just to make, I didn't write it down. I should have. Um, so Drive is my number one, followed by Neon Demon is my number two. 1A, 1B. I get it. I Bronson, Bronson is my number three. Uh, I'd say Pusher is my number four. With Fear X as my number five. And then I would say Pusher two. Then I would say Bahala Rising. Then Only God Forgives. Then Bleeder. Then Pusher 3. I think that's everyone. Are there any kills in this? Um, I would probably kill... I'd say Bleeder is my least favorite, actually. Let's yeah. put that at 10. Mm. I would kill Bleeder. I don't think that was very good. But all the other ones I thoroughly enjoyed. Fear X really being the one that's that was like the strange one that I didn't even know he made. <laughs> <laughs> and I watched it and I was like, I felt like I was in a dream watching it. And I I like movies that make me do that. That's like the Dark Horse one. That was really interesting. But um, the top three, Drive, uh, Neon Demon, Bronson. And that wraps it up, folks. Cool. So for next month, we will be doing Macbeth films. Ooh. So we're going to be watching kurosawa the polanski the what was the one i always forget the, the fourth the third one orson wells orson wells and we are watching the cohen ethan cohen film the forgettable orson wells <laughs> <Man. laughs> <Who's> that guy <laughs> the forgettable orson. oh yeah who is that guy it's he had such yeah. an awful 
career after Citizen Kane. It's, it's so crazy. He's got some fucking banger. Like he's got some banger moments, but like yeah, well, like, like not after like Citizen Kane, not creatively, but like financially, like he couldn't get anything. Made. Citizen yeah, Kane. No, no, yeah. You know what I mean? Like fucking like what the wonder, the wonder in touch Kane's of evil is like fucking a, like godlike. Beautiful. Was that seen as a like a success when it came out? Citizen Kane was such a big success that it pissed William Randolph Hearst so much that it, he tried to sink Orson Welles' career. <laughs> Have you ever read the Citizen Kane poster, Devin? It tells you it's great. <laughs> oh, that poster I saw for the first time in 2006. That one. Thanks for my next gamer tag idea. Oh, I'm sorry. Steve. It's horrific, is what it says on the poster. My next, uh, my next gamer tag idea is Citizen Kane. Thanks. Citizen Kane. Thanks, Steve. <laughs> Fucking. That's terrific. Well, um, it's so, so stupid. Folks, I think that about wraps it up. Anything else you guys want to say about Renton? Who's finding Renton? Uh, no, I, I, uh, so he also did a TV show. I don't think any of us saw Too Old to Die Young. It's a I, miniseries. I, watch, I did not watch any of that. I was, yeah. I only That's the Miles Teller show, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, Detective Martin Jones, who leads a double life as a killer for hire in LA's deadly underground, suffers an existential crisis, which leads him deeper into a blood splattered world of violence. Reffin. What mind watching? Yeah, I don't know like if he directed all ten or Copenhagen or... Cowboys is next Ed project. Drew Baker uh, is a co-creator. Yes, he co-wrote that. And now I'm interested. I mean, I was always kind of interested just because of the the names uh, assigned to it. But yeah, Ed Drew Baker adds a, a fun wrinkle to it. What is this all? Here, here's Raffin. Here's Raffin's favorite movies: Alien, The Battle of Algiers. Mm. Beauty and the Beast, 1946. Branded to kill. Oh, no, this is a lot. Never mind. Yeah, it's 35. Really I'm not going to read them all. <laughs> Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, he loves he loves any horror movie that was made super independently. Like, what like, the fuck? That's, I, that's I, a weird one. That's a weird one to put on the list. It is, but you have to understand, it's not for like the subject matter. It's I mean, it, do, it doesn't help with these <laughs> fucking PETA claims. <laughs> Dude. Okay. Um, what is this movie about? Cannibal Holocaust is like a bunch of people go to an island and a bunch of cannibals get them and then they just fucking just start showing people getting eaten and like animals being like the the big big claim to fame for Cannibal Holocaust is like they murder a turtle in the movie. They they eat a live turtle. No, come on. It's not a good movie. No, that's not a good look. That's a horrible look. Fuck that. I remember, I think I that caught sucks. like half of that scene and I was like, I am not watching this. Yeah. That's not that. okay. Listen, that yeah, poor turtle. So I, I get, old... I get. Wait, but the actors actually eat it raw yeah, live? I think they're like, Whoa, digging in. That's there. actually fucking, that's pretty impressive, too. <laughs> just, I mean, but at the same time, it's, it's, hor- it's horrible. It's horrible. Probably Fuck just that. gave them all fucking. Ass actually, uh, the Ital- Italian authorities were investigating in that movie because there is a. Um, a prosthetic of a woman impaled vagina like a, in a, yeah. a pike through her vagina comes out of her mouth. Uh, they thought it was a real body, actually. Well, they had to investigate it. Yeah. They did, yeah. 
band ref and he's I just imagine just whacking it to this. So, uh, shit. Yeah, so he <laughs> tried to call them to find out how they did that. This is his fucking Yeah, so Too Old to Die Young can be found on Amazon. It was Amazon Amazon found on Amazon. I'm surprised his next thing is gonna be on Netflix because he really worked that is weird. Amazon. Well, let's see. Uh reference signature style received praise, as did Teller's performance, but criticisms were raised regarding his depiction of sexual violence and the treatment of female characters. Amazon said in twenty nineteen they did not intend to produce a second season. Mm. So mm. he was probably like, Fuck you guys. Take my talents to South Beach. I'm gonna go eat a turtle. I'm gonna eat a turtle. <laughs> um yeah, uh, I, you I know, mean... Refin loves sixteen candles too though. It's one of his favorites. <laughs> What the all over the place. I mean, hey, that's a good movie, though, you know. I know, but it's just so I'm just know, Holocaust yeah. and then sixteen candles. Why not? So I'm just looking up some images. What I, I'm looking at, what I think is the intro, and uh, to yeah, what to um, Cannibal Holocaust? Old, no, too old to die. Oh. Uh, yeah, I'm so I'm more interested in Cannibal Holocaust now. Well, I mean, yeah, both both it. were written yeah. and directed by watch John it, Hughes. Watch so. it with uh, <laughs> watch it with your son. <laughs> Yeah, be like, hey, be like, hey, Sam. He, he was gonna have it. Molly Ringwald in it, but she she had scheduling conflicts. Yeah, she couldn't make so it they, into Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. So they ate a turtle instead. <laughs> well, that's she was gonna, gonna be the turtle. <laughs> she was gonna be the turtle. What? Yeah, is it? Is it an American movie? Uh, yeah. Italian. Molto bene. They said this is lasagna. Rugrio Dietato. Oh boy, I can't understand that language. Um, <laughs> Written by Gianfranco Clerici. Oh man, I'm watching like a oh. BTS behind the scenes. Yeah, we back on BTS. Let's talk about these. No, boys. oh man, this he is said, fucked up, dude. <laughs> you said I want to watch this. Park G Min, man. Woo. Yeah, I, there's. I, I look at that and I go, hard no. Yeah, it's yeah, the rest of my life. It's rough, dude. Well, Dude, that's fucked up. This is fucked up, dude. Yeah, I remember. Like, I'm not gonna watch. I can't watch the scene, so I'm just reading the comments of this YouTube video. Of it. Uh, no, like, like Chris and I like sat down because like every dude. every weekend we would just like fucking yeah, binge it, every horror film, and we tried. Dude. I think with Cannibal Holocaust, and we were like, I, I don't think we could finish yeah, this. Dude, Cannibal Holocaust in Japan grossed 21 million, becoming the second oh highest grossing this fucking, film. This fucking sick fuck. All that time after it's all Japanese story, man. Their salary men are fucking into this stuff. Sergio Leone wrote, Dear Ruggiero, what a movie. The second part is a masterpiece of cinema- cinematography. Cinematography. I can't say that. Are we talking about fucking 16 Candles or Cannibal Holocaust? <laughs> I'm confused. This is, this is Cannibal Holocaust. Because that would be really funny if Sergio what? Leone was like. So say, say something like this happens today. What, what happens? Well, if it happened Real today, it would have received a. 35 minutes standing ovation at Cannes. <laughs> and then people would have vomited and walked out at the same time. And then you guys would be like, oh, that's the case of a great movie. So I don't know, man. Yeah, Sergio Leone said down but, with that shit. But everything really seems so real that I think you will get in trouble with the, all the world. <laughs> yeah. And he was right. <laughs> it was a little too realistic. Sorry, bud. Stick well, with Lucio Fulci throwing meatballs at his actors. <laughs> or next month, we will be watching Cannibal Holocaust as well. God damn it. <laughs> you will watch it five times. <laughs> All right. I think that's it for tonight. I got nothing left. Anybody well, else? Chris, well, Mortal Kombat 2 is coming out. So. I got to give my dog medicine, too. Okay. 
Are you going to give him um, some turtle that you ripped apart? Oh, come on. Hey. I don't it's not a cannibal holocaust, all right? Man, that's fucked up. I mean, that's not technically cannibal. I'm mad. I'm I'm upset no. about this. I'm yeah, really see, we were we happened. were riding such a high high. Why'd you guys bring talking it up? about Macbeth? Because I because I looked up Nicholas Winding reference favorite movies, and that was on the top of the fucking list. And then me and Chris are like, that movie's fucked up. <laughs> God damn it.